Major defense contractors go woke. Governor Cuomo declares a health emergency over gun violence. QAnon shaman has been in prison for six months. Afghanistan is collapsing. And Eric Adams wins the mayor's race in New York City. Team, welcome to the Buck Sexton podcast. So much to talk to you about today. Looking forward to every moment of it. The counter-revolution, as I'm calling it, against CRT, top of mind right now. And I'm, I'm pleased that even, even the great Christopher Rufo himself retweeted and, and agreed with me that we're at a, a tipping point here. Something has changed. Something is, is different right now. Because when it comes to CRT, uh, we're, what we're seeing is looking more and more like a full-scale national movement and maybe even a counter-revolution against the cultural Marxists. Counter-revolution against the cultural Marxists. That's what I want us to be thinking about today, and we will dive into that in a moment. But these days, the markets have a lot of opportunity. If you know what you're doing, you got to actually have some expertise, though, you got to have discipline, be careful, and if you can get good information, that's really the game changer, right? Well, that's why I want you to do what I do. I use carnivore trading. These guys send me a text message for all their trades. They add your phone number into their database when you become a subscriber. They'll text you with the trades they're making, so you see in real time. It's like, all right, guys, we're all going in on XYZ stock, and you can follow their every move. I mean, these are elite Wall Street strategists who stay anonymous, they just show you their returns. That's the whole point here is just they bring you value. They're letting everyday folks like you and me see and mirror their explosive trades at Carnivore Trading. Sound too good to be true? Well, Carnivore will let you see the trades they're making right now for two weeks free. Go to getourtrades.com and use promo code BUCK for two free weeks. And if you join, you'll get Carnivore's industry-leading promise that you'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. So what exactly has gotten all the attention on CRT recently. Why are we or why are we all talking about it at this moment in time? There were those school board meetings, right? There were people that were showing up at their local school board and saying, hey, can you stop teaching my kids this Marxist lunacy? And, and what we're really seeing more than anything else, I believe, as more of this information comes out, as more people are starting to understand what CRT in our society actually means, this is teaching racism. This is teaching people that they should judge others one way or another based upon skin color, whether it's rooted in collective guilt or rooted in victimology and uh, oppression, obsession. That's what is really at, at the base of CRT. And then the political purpose behind it is to divide us, is to turn us against each other, is to allow the elites... Because the worst offenders when it comes to CRT indoctrination are white liberals who write their pronouns out for no apparent reason and drink soy milk. That's who really pushes CRT. Those are the people who are the most obsessed with this, at least uh, pushing it as, as part of uh, official studies in school. But now we see it's gone well beyond schools. 
that's one of the main places where there's a big fight. Uh, the National Endowment for uh, National Education uh, Association, rather, or um, the NEA, uh, they are, well, they've now pulled it down from their website, but they had a whole pro-CRT thing that was going on there. They were all about the CRT, saying that they were going to come up with official ways to, to teach kids it this fall. So if you're wondering, is the public school system in America completely overrun by whiny, soy-drinking cultural Marxists, the answer is yes. And if they get very upset at the notion that all of a sudden they will be held to some degree of scrutiny on this when they'll be held to account, the answer to that is also yes. We have kicked the Marxist hornet's nest, and the buzzing is a sign that we're in the right place. This should make us all happy. The fact that this agitates them so much. If CRT was not important to them, if they weren't teaching it, why do they get so angry when we talk about it? You know that there's a lot going on here. You know they're lying to you. They're making sure that to the greatest degree possible, the public doesn't focus in on this, that parents do not come to understand the full scope of the CRT madness. That's why they either say it's exaggerated or it's Fox News indoctrination or, or whatever. doesn't really matter what they say because it's all lies, but we should at least be aware of the kind of idiocy that they continue to, to trot out there, that they, they put out for all of us to, to deal with. And it's absurd. I mean, here's union boss Randy Weingarten, who is vowing that she will, she will legally defend people, uh, teachers, who decide to teach critical race theory in, in, in uh, you know, contradiction to state laws that have passed in about two dozen states on this one. Play clip one. Mark my words, our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go, and we are preparing for litigation as we speak. Teaching the truth is not radical or wrong. Distorting history and threatening educators for teaching the truth is what is truly radical. Wrong. They're not teaching the truth. This isn't about distortion of history. They're teaching, they're teaching claptrap sociology. They're teaching malarkey social studies, essentially. And they're pretending like it's just the basic, you know, names and dates of American history. That's not what's going on. What, what is going on? I mean, Randy Weingarten, that, that's her claim, right? She's saying, oh, but this is just about history, and we, we can't allow anyone to step in the way of us teaching that history. Okay, well, let's, let's take a look at what's actually happening with critical race theory. Christopher Rufo, who, I mean, this guy is, he's, this is a movement now. This is a national-level movement. This is not, this is not just a, a standard political issue. This is something well beyond that. I'm starting to think that this may become something like what the debt and the crazy government spending was under the Obama administration that got the Tea Party going. 
I think that this may be the beginning of the uh, uh, when I'm saying counter revolution, I'm being serious, a cultural counter revolution against Marxism like critical race theory. I think this is what we're seeing unfold in America today. I think that's what's happening right now. Raytheon, which is the second largest defense contractor in the United States. Yes, they build drones, bombs, missiles, planes. That's what they do. Okay, they build the fancy technology that our military uses to go get the bad guys. Well, they've they've got a critical race theory program that Christopher Rufo has uncovered. It does things like, quote, encourages white employees to confront their privilege, reject the principle of equality and defund the police. Now, I understand this is at a company, not at a school and the left would would play some nonsense game where they would say, oh, you know, they would say some nonsense uh, about how, well, it's different. This is a corporation. You know, they're always hiding the football. They never want to really deal with what's at issue. It's, it's just like a constant game of, of delay and misdirection. But I think if they're teaching this as critical race theory at a major defense contractor, it's fair to think that it's probably also being taught in schools in some form. And also, if you know the basis of critical race theory teaching, it is just, I mean, this is what it is. The same phrases, the same idiotic, self-justifying nonsense about how we need equity and not equality. Yeah? How does that work? Some, someone explain equity to a newly arrived uh, Vietnamese American immigrant who came to this country legally without a penny in his pocket and is being told, well, we're not going to hire you. We're going to hire the Native American guy who's actually like one quarter Native American because of the history of of oppression against Native American peoples. Yeah, sure, there's equal protection under the law and the Constitution, but we don't believe in that anymore because of critical race theory. Who wants to explain that? No, they can't. They can't. Who who wants to explain how intersectionality deals with, say, someone who who comes to this country from, you know, northern Iraq as an immigrant? And whether do, do they get help getting into Harvard? Because someone who has a black parent and a white parent can choose in their application to Harvard to be to be considered African-American. I mean, they could also say they have parents of both backgrounds. They could claim to be biracial. But they can say they're African-American and then they get under diversity standards at these college admissions places. They get an advantage. They get an advantage. Right. That's the way this goes. I mean, everyone sits around talking about how Meghan Markle of the, you know, formerly of the British royal family is subject to so much racism. Uh, Meghan Markle, I think, has one parent who has one parent who is black. I, I believe that's the case. So does, does that, but, but she's, she's treated as though she faces tremendous oppression because of that, really? And as I said, the guy from Iraq who might come here penniless, leaving a war-torn country or Syria doesn't, you know, this is what I mean. The, this whole equity thing is garbage. It's, it's just the Marxists wanting the power to determine who gets what. That's what it really is. It doesn't make any sense These systems don't make any sense. But 
They want to scare you. They want to tell you to shut up. You're not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to discuss it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable that this is what's going on in the country. But anyway, here's, here's Raytheon, uh, the nation's second largest defense contractor. And this is all from Chris Rufo. Had a great thread on this. Last summer, Raytheon CEO Greg Hayes launched the Stronger Together campaign, instructing employees on becoming an anti-racist today. He signed a corporate diversity statement and then asked all Raytheon employees to sign the pledge and check their own biases. The program is centered on intersectionality, a core component of critical race theory that divides the world into competing identity groups with race, gender, religion, sexual orientation, and other categories defining an individual's place within the hierarchy of oppression. Raytheon then asks white, asks white employees to deconstruct their identities and identify their privilege. The company argues that white, straight Christian men are at the top of the oppression hierarchy and must work on recognizing their privilege and step aside for minorities. Raytheon tells employees to identify everyone's race during workplace conversations. Whites must listen to the experience of marginalized identities and should give those with such identities the floor in meetings or on calls, even if it means silencing yourself. I mean, he has the slides, folks. Rufo has the actual training materials. You can see them. I'm looking at them right now as I'm talking to you. So we got the receipts, as they say. This is what's going on. And if it's going on at Raytheon, do you think it's going on at Google, Amazon, Uber, Facebook, Twitter? I mean, name GE. Name a major company. Yes, it is. It is, and it's offensive. And it's racist. And it's wrong. And the left has embraced this because the elites in the Democrat Party don't want this to be. They, they don't want the struggle, the Marxist struggle to be about wealth and money, because then everyone look at Nancy Pelosi and say, hmm. What exactly is going on there? Not just Pelosi, but you get what I'm saying. So instead, they make it about race. Oh, OK. And they make it up as they go along with how we're supposed to handle this and deal with this. Chris Rubo goes on. Raytheon instructs white employees never to say that they pray things change soon. Whites must acknowledge that their own discomfort is a fraction of their black colleagues who are exhausted, mentally drained, frustrated, stressed, barely sleeping, scared, and overwhelmed. Uh, I mean, first of all, like I, I think that's racist. I think that assuming that a colleague of yours, because of their skin color, is, quote, exhausted, frustrated, stressed, barely sleeping, scared, and overwhelmed is incredibly uh, paternalistic and, I mean, dare I say, you know, part of the patriarchy and intersectional thinking here. I mean, this is crazy. This is being taught. You're told. That this is what happened. And if you say, oh, Buck, it's just something that you can ignore. No, it's not. People at companies like this are held to these standards. They are told 
that, you know, you're going to go into the diversity. You're going to get called called out by the diversity and inclusion office. I mean, think about that. Why do we even have a diversity and inclusion office? Why do colleges have diversity deans and and these companies have D and I experts inside? It's just like in the Soviet Union where you had little political commissars who were set into every major factory and every military unit and every organ of the political state to make sure that all the comrades were only thinking the right things. That's what that was all about. That's why they did that. I mean, if you've ever seen the hunt for Red October where everyone's Russian, but somehow people have English accents like Sean Connery or Scottish accent in his case. But, you know, remember the guy who's, you know, I, I have looked through your uh, your papers and then Sean Connery snaps the guy's neck. That's the political commissar. And he's there to make sure that everyone is ideologically sound, only thinks the right thoughts. That's what CRT is with critical Marxists infiltrating all these different companies, all these different institutions of America. And we've finally woken up to this and they, they don't like that we're on to the scam. They don't like that we're seeing this for what it is. And so that's why you have this, this flurry of, of, oh, it's not real. Republicans are making this up. It's Fox News. And, oh, it's racism. That's right. That's, my, that's the one that's the most amazing, isn't it? They're teaching people to make judgments about others on the basis of skin color. And yet here we are being told, that the racists are the ones who are saying, don't judge people by skin color. I mean, think about just the, the, the basic foundational constitutional uh, proposition of equality under the law. Critical race theory replaces that. That was always the goal. That's why it was a critical legal theory. It was a framework in law schools, first and foremost. And it came from French and European intellectuals who were deconstructionists, and postmodernists who did not believe in moral truth and thought that everything is essentially, but they're basically fancy sounding nihilists. And they're Marxists. And yet, this is a foreign ideology that infiltrated American, uh, American law schools and then became the basis on campus. That's why. PC and the movie PCU, which if you have not seen, you should go rent it and watch it this weekend. Uh, the politically correct culture comes out of this because baked into the politically correct ideology is that there are some people who need to be treated with with kid gloves. Some people need to be treated with greater sensitivity because of their gender orientation or their skin color or their ethnicity or their nationality or whatever it may be. I walk around and I just treat people like people. I just treat people like my fellow human beings. I start from the premise that we're all the same. We're all equal in dignity, worth, merit, and equal in the eyes of the law. No matter how rich, no matter what country you're from, no matter what your skin color is. And that's how America works. That's, what's whole, that's what holds this whole thing together. And they're undermining that intentionally. You know, if you wanted to create a different America, if you wanted a progressive and, dare I say, Marxist cultural revolution, what they're doing is a very good way to achieve that. And I think, unfortunately, what we've seen is that they've gotten a, a lot of victories in recent years. The Marxists have infiltrated these places. 
the racial Marxists really have infiltrated the commanding heights of American culture and politics and media. And now that we're establishing what's really going on, they're doing everything they can to just try to shut it down, shut down the conversation. They don't want to hear about it. Rufo, just a last one here. He writes, finally, in a collection of recommended resources, Raytheon encourages white employees to get ready for it, defund the police, participate in reparations, and decolonize your bookshelf and to join a local white space. Uh, find and join a local white space, it says, to learn more about and talk about the conscious and unconscious biases us white folks have. If there's not a group in your area, start one. Um, this, is, this is political indoctrination. That's what this is. That's what's happening here. We can all see it. We all understand that that is the circumstance we are, we are going through. And that's what we have to fight against. My friends, I'm calling for a counter-revolution against Marxist CRT. And we all have a part to play. You got kids in school? Show up at those parent-teacher meetings. You want this content to continue? Support those who are in the fight in the media. Support Chris Rufo. Support this show to get the truth out. We all have a part to play in this. How many times have I said to you in the last year that they would use the emergency powers of COVID for other things, that they would start to declare other emergencies? I believe I've been talking about it for over a year now. That this, and this is why I objected so strenuously to the uh, shutting down of churches and not allowing people to worship and mandating face masks outside, inside face masks everywhere, the whole mania, all the authoritarian idiocy of Fauciism. I, I've been saying to you all along that um, this is something that we have to fight back against because they're also it's not going to be limited to just this. It's not going to be limited to merely the things that have to do with COVID. And some people said, oh, that's an exaggeration. That's not true. And all this other stuff. No, it absolutely is true. <laughs> it absolutely is the case. And we're seeing it now. I mean, the governor of New York, Governor, governor Cuomo, who is a thuggish buffoon, he has declared a health crisis because of the gun violence emergency. I told you they'd say, oh, there's a climate change emergency, a gun violence emergency, a pay inequality for women health emergency, whatever it is, right? The same way that they can say that childcare is infrastructure, they'll say that anything they want is a health emergency, and, you know, it's just amazing, too, because the, there are clear limits to how much the government can actually protect you from a virus. But there are no limits to how much the government can harass you while it pretends to protect you from a virus. That's what you're seeing. And now when you allow it to do that, it sets a precedent, a very, very bad one. And here's what I mean. Governor Cuomo talking about the gun violence epidemic. Play it. Treat gun violence as it is, which is really a public health emergency. That's what it is, and that's how we're going to treat it. So today, first state in the nation is going to declare a disaster emergency on gun violence. Now, 
This is a national problem. I get it. But somebody has to step up and somebody has to address it. And the place that should step up and address it is the state of New York. And we should do it comprehensively and honestly and creative. And that's what today is all about. Because this is the state when it sees an injustice. We don't look the other way. We stand up and we fight it. And that's what we're going to do with gun violence. Gun violence emergency. What do I mean by gun violence emergency? We will abuse the executive authority that I've taken into my hands over the last year to deal with COVID very, very badly, I might add, to prevent gun violence. What do I I mean? What do I mean by gun violence, Cuomo says? Well, here's what they actually have for their fact sheet. Deploy a public health approach to gun violence. What the hell does that mean? Think about that. A public health approach? It's a law enforcement issue. Also, just this whole notion of gun violence. No, there's no such thing really as gun violence. Guns aren't walking around. You know, there's not like a double-barreled shotgun with little arms and legs that's walking around the street looking for people to shoot. It's violence committed by people who have guns. It's an important distinction. Target hotspots using science and data. This is from the fact sheet. I'm going to use the, the, the science the same way we listened to the science when we said you must quadruple mask in the shower alone by yourself. Now you must do even more. We will use hotspots for science and data to get rid of the gun violence health epidemic. Positive engagement for at-risk youth. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's really going really to get a lot done here. Double funding and proven violence intervention programs. Get illegal guns off the streets. Keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people. Strengthen the police-community relationship. I mean, all this stuff is already a function of law and already happening. Obviously not very well, because it doesn't actually do very much. Because there are still bad people who break the law. You can pass another law, right, that says, hey, what you're doing that's already illegal... I want to remind you, it's really illegal. That's why we're going to pass another law that's already on the books. It's idiotic. But this is what they're doing. This is the approach. This is how they, they abuse the power they got from COVID. And I told you, I warned you at every step of the way that this would happen. And I know you agree with me, but I'm just saying, I mean, it was so obvious that this would be happening. It was so obvious that this was the case. And yet here we are. You know, people didn't believe it. They didn't think that this was actually going to pan out this way. Uh, and he's gonna, they're going to go after gun manufacturers, too. That's another thing here. Oh, they're going to talk about going after gun manufacturers. Holding, the, holding a gun manufacturer uh, liable for what happens with their product is this, it's no it's no different in concept from saying well if if Louisville if a Louisville slugger is used to beat someone to death we're going to sue Louisville slugger or if you know Wusthof knife Cor- uh, corporation fancy german knives uh, is used to stab somebody to death we're going to sue that that chef knife company it's the same same concept it's not different and yet here we are um QAnon shaman you know, I, I understand there are some people who may say, Buck, why, why are we still, why are you still so focused in on this? I, I think it's important. 
I think it's it's necessary for us to know what's what's really happening here. They've they've denied the release once again of this guy who we, we know of as Q Anon Shaman because they say he's an insurrectionist. And I want to be I want to be clear. Uh, he's held. He's been held all this time. He's being held w- without without bail. Jacob Chansley, because they said he could still flee. They think he's a flight risk. He's being held. Um, he he's being held as though he is a, a person who really tried to overthrow the United States government, and they're claiming. The only way they're really justifying this is they're saying his flagpole, which had like a spearhead on it, was a was a weapon on federal property. They're they're treating it like, well, it's almost like he went in there with an AK-47. Yeah, it was a spear and the guy didn't actually use it to harm anyone or even threaten anyone with. But yeah, let's just let's just get this guy. It is horrifying that the people that are supposed to care about. Uh civil liberties, the people that are supposed to care about the rights of the accused, they're, they're all just abandoning this guy. And, and a lot of them are supposed to be, you know, they're leftists and they're supposed to care about this. They don't care at all. They're charging him now with, with conspiracy. Um, he has been, he's been held in prison for six months. And you've got hundreds and hundreds of people who have already been charged in this. And they lie about this still to this day. I mean, just, just yesterday, just yesterday, I saw a Reuters piece where they said five people, including a Capitol Police officer, died in the violence. A Capitol Police officer did not die from violence. That's a lie. All right, having a stroke from stress two days after a riot occurs is not dying from violence in the riot. It's not the same thing. And it, the whole thing is just awful. Um, you know, Chansley's also undergoing a, a psychiatric evaluation. I mean, this, this guy is now, he's a political prisoner. I mean, I think what they did was dumb. And, you know, I've said that all along. And there should be, you know, they, they, they should uh, pay the price. You know what the price should be for illegal trespass on federal property? Uh, probably, you know, three years of, of federal probation. Don't ever do that again. You do something else, you're gonna spend. You're gonna serve some real time. That that sounds about right. For Chans, what else did Chansley do? Illegal trespass. Democrats take over state houses and capitals whenever they feel like it with sit-ins, and you know they shut the whole thing down and they they block you know ingress and egress. This guy's been held for six months, I believe, in solitary confinement for most of that time too. Obstruction of an official proceeding. Oh, so if you hold a riot, if you hold a riot or a protest that delays a federal proceeding now, you're the equivalent of, you know, Benedict Arnold trying to betray a military installation to the enemy, right? I mean, that's what they're really trying to go for here. It's it's awful and not enough conservatives are willing to talk about this, and not enough of them are willing to stand up and say what is going on here is wrong. This is wrong. The same way they're going after Trump and the Trump organization, even though he's not in office anymore, but they're, they're just trying to use the law to harass him. They're trying to make an example, they're trying to make an example of this guy. And 
there should not be the politicization of prosecutorial power in this way, but that's exactly what's happening. That's what's going on. Um, you can't trust the government and you can't trust big tech. Those are principles of, of this show, honestly. You should always approach those two entities with a lot of skepticism because you don't really have online privacy anymore. You know that. You're being surveilled. They're scanning your emails even and selling your information to third parties, kicking you off platforms. If you're a conservative, you're a target. You know that. doesn't matter who you are. You're a target. Well, there are ways, there are technological fixes to this to try to prevent your online data from being collected and sold to advertisers and to create some actual privacy for yourself online. It's a cybersecurity communications tool called Secure. Secure, spelled S-E-K-U-R, is an instant messaging and email platform hosted in Switzerland, protecting your data with the strictest privacy laws in the world. Secure, remember, S-E-K-U-R, uses proprietary encryption technology, an independent platform, and Swiss privacy laws to ensure complete privacy and security of your data on desktop and in transit. This is secure and private instant messaging and email. It assures your conversations, messages, and data are kept completely safe and private. Secure does not mine your data and is not subject to the Cloud Act. Take back your freedom, privacy, and online security with Secure by going to sekur.com. That's sekur.com. Use the coupon code BUCK for one week free and 25% off. Be sure and use coupon code BUCK. That's sekursecure.com. Regain your privacy. Dr. Fauci's out there still telling everybody that, you know, you gotta, you gotta, now you really, you really, really need to understand what's going on now more than ever. I'm back. You can never escape me. Time to get vaccinated. They are sending people door to door now. The Biden administration is to vax folks, but I just want to point out that they're, they're now, how many times have they told you there's a variant a variant is coming and it's going to get you. Play 10. We have a substantial proportion of people in very specific regions of the country who just do not want to get vaccinated, despite the fact that we have a significant threat, as you mentioned in the piece, from a virus that has a greater degree of capability of spreading from person to person. No doubt about that. We've seen that in multiple countries and actually can cause more severe disease. So if ever there was a reason to get vaccinated, this is it. Now he's really serious. It's like it's like a bad movie from the you know, late 80s, like one of those horror movies. Dr. Fauci returning with the syringe for your bum. Part seven. You know, yeah, OK, we get it. We've been told a million times to get vaccinated. The people who have not gotten vaccinated at this point don't want to. I mean, I, I don't know what else there's to say. Uh, why, why else? I mean, it's free and it's everywhere. It's one shot or two shots, and that's it. If someone's not vaccinated, they've made a choice not to get vaccinated. If someone is vaccinated, they need to stop being crazy and worrying about being around unvaccinated people because their level of protection is sufficient that they should not worry. There's nothing that's perfect in the world, but 95% protection or 90% protection is pretty damn close. 
which then brings me to what happened when I was on Spirit Airlines. I want to tell you guys this. Um, I, so I was on Spirit Airlines last, because, you know, I'm not fancy. And I'm flying Spirit Airlines. And, uh, you know, there are these other, like, radio hosts and people that have private jets and helicopters, and they're fancy. I'm, I'm not fancy. I wish. Uh, so I am on Spirit, and I'm sitting there, and, and the, this stewardess, am I getting in trouble for saying that? The, uh, the stewardess on Spirit Airlines, the uh, attendant, I think, is the preferred nomenclature on Spirit Airlines, says... Um, that little kid, I mean, kids are coming on the plane, lots of them, little kids, five, six, seven years old. And she keeps saying, put your, put your mask up over your nose, put your mask up over your nose. And this is, this is stupid. And she could just like, let it go. They're kids. At this point, if you're, you know, if you're not vaccinated, that's your choice. That's a risk that you're, t- you know, anyone who's not vaccinated, they're saying, I don't want to get vaccinated. And that's, and that's fine. But they've made a decision. And I understand there are people that have chosen not to get vaccinated and are getting the virus and are dying as a result of it. But that's also that has been true of flu season for the last 50 years as well. Right. We have a flu vaccine. You know, a portion of the country gets it. A lot of people don't. Some people die. Some people die who didn't get the vaccine. Some people die who did get the vaccine. And that's just we go forward in society. We understand that we cannot conquer. The state cannot conquer death for us. That's not going to happen. Okay. So that then brings me to where we are right now. With, oh, no. I was sorry. I was on the Spirit Airlines flight, actually. So she's telling little kids that they've got to get, they've got to pull their mask up over their nose. And then she, after, I mean, one kid was two years old because the parent, she, go, she goes, pull your mask up, honey. And the parent's like, well, my kid's, you know, not even two yet. So I thought they don't have, she goes, well, you know, pull it up anyway or whatever. It's like, okay, what? And I mean, really, they're at a point now, like like little fascists, these airline attendants will tell, you know, an infant to pull the mask up. I mean, you know, eight-month-old babies practically got to double mask them, which is horrible. It's uncomfortable. It's awful. The mask morons, I'm never letting this go. I'm never going to forgive them. It's idiocy. They're wrong, and it's dumb. But anyway... Uh, the stewardess then, I'm going to keep saying stewardess, stands up in front of the plane, and I'm not kidding, to make the like, you have two exits here and there, buckle your seatbelt, put on your mask, mask must be over your nose, the whole thing, has a mask on, pulls it all the way down, not below her nose, beneath her chin, no mask. She is just straight, we're getting straight up face stuff here, all face stuff, no mask anywhere. And then spends five minutes in the front of the plane without a mask on going blah, blah. Now, I know you're going to say, Buck, what happens when you eat and you drink? What happens when people pull their mask down for a minute, even, you know, incidentally or not even thinking about it? And that's why this whole thing is so stupid. It has no meaning. It has no meaning. It doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. So I'm looking at this woman. I'm thinking, wow. So she's like the mask Nazi for everybody else. And then she pulls hers down to make her dumb announcements that we don't need to hear. And then, and I don't, by the way, I know this is corporate policy, whatever. I don't care. Nullify it. Say no. Don't enforce these rules. And then I hear that they're going to kick three people off the plane for not masking enough. And I see, I hear the whole, you know, the whole kerfuffle at the front of the plane. I'm right there. There is no first class. So I'm right there at the front of the plane. And I mean, it's Spirit Airlines. Come on. And they're having this, you know, it's, oh, but I, I told them to pull their mask up and it's below their nose. And, well, maybe they'll do it now. Oh, but what if they don't, 
What if they don't comply when we're in flight and all this sort of stuff? They delay the plane almost 40 minutes. They delay takeoff almost 40 minutes so they can remove three passengers whose masks weren't covering their nose and were reminded, you know, I don't know, two or three times. I don't know. I wasn't there for the reminders. But I did hear them say when the, like, airline security official with the kind of, you know, the reflective vest, you know, that says staff or security or whatever on it comes on, they're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll do it. We'll wear a mask. We, we, we get it. We, we'll, we'll make sure it's over. Nope, not good enough. Escorted them off the plane. And then, because this is a classic airline maneuver, the people who had been escorted, three women, probably in their early 20s, had been escorted off the plane. They then argued with the security staff in the jet, you know, in the jetway, in the thing that you know connects the plane to the terminal for like 20 minutes about how they want to get back on the plane. And then we had to wait. I'm not kidding. I asked one of the one of the stewardesses, we had to wait for paperwork. We had to wait for paperwork about the people kicked off the plane. Did this make anyone safer? Did this have any benefit whatsoever? Anything? No, of course not. It's not possible for it to be any dumber. But this is the world we live in now. This is the situation in which we find ourselves. And I'm just, it just drives me nuts. Um, all right, Eric Adams, New York City. We'll have to get to that tomorrow. Uh, he looks like he's the mayor, going to be the mayor of New York. I mean, he's the Democrat primary winner. It's not totally official, but he's basically going to be the Democrat primary winner, uh, which is a, it's a rebuke to, to the defund the police Democrats at some level, which is why it's interesting to us. But how much we'll have, we'll have to see. And then um, I just want to note that Afghanistan is collapsing. Afghanistan is going to be in, in the hands of the Taliban within 12 months. That's my prediction. Maybe even six months. Afghanistan is crumbling, as we thought it likely would. Now, I know people are going to say, well, we never should have left. But my sense is, after almost a trillion dollars in 20 years, if it would crumble this quickly without U.S. troops holding it all together, we should have left a decade ago. What are we doing? So we'll get deeper into Afghanistan, uh, get deeper into Afghanistan soon. Make sure that you go to uh, bucksexton.store. We got T-shirts up. More designs are coming, by the way. We're going to have Shields High, Team Buck, the Freedom Hut, all that stuff. It's all in prep. But there's some. There's a mug. There's the Buck Sexton Show mug up there right now. So go to bucksexton.store and get yourself some gear. And, and tweet at me. You know, if you get a T-shirt, take a selfie and uh, tweet it out. And, you know, I'll retweet it. I'll post it on Facebook. And we want to show members of the team uh, doing what they do. And please, if you haven't already, give this podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Write something nice about it. That goes into the algorithm, which pushes it up the charts, which helps it get more visibility and more people joining the team. The Buck Sexton Podcast will continue on, as I've told you, even though I'm doing the other three-hour radio show. So that's, that's what I wanted to share with you today, team. I'm excited to talk to you tomorrow. Um, please pass the buck. Tell somebody about this show. Shields high.